Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six. Happy Monday. Today, we are going to talk with a company here in Austin, Texas called Mother Tongue. So let's get them connected. Hello, hello. How's it going? Hello. Good, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Liam's right over here. He's just grabbing something from the kitchen. Lovely. All good. All good. What did you guys make last night? I was looking at uh, looking at the photos. You guys made a feast. Um, Liam, actually, I wasn't with him. He was with some buddies, and I think they did a, like a little Super Bowl feast. There um, you go. I know they had something going in the Traeger. I think they, I think they did a whole chicken. There you um, go. Like spatchcocked it um but yeah it looked it looked nice awesome awesome we're we're just posted up out here because we actually were just grilling some flatbreads but how's this Lovely. lighting and everything look? looks perfect looks perfect sweet how you doing how you doing nico what's up brother just chilling man just living dude thanks for having us on we're excited yeah, yeah thank you for being on man i'm 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 excited about this i mean i saw um, you walking the other day by the way where on uh, Sarah Drive, I saw you driving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw you driving. <laughs> I was gonna say hi, but you were on a phone call. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, well, I'm excited, man. I mean, last time, last time uh, I tried uh, Mother Tongue was when you cooked that uh, the brisket. Dude, I've been meaning to run that back sometime soon. You have to. Phenomenal. Yeah, that was a good one. I actually. We uh, a friend got me a gift card to that uh, Snake River Farms where we got the brisket from. Yeah. Because um, that's like a $200 brisket. Yeah, that, it was that, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm definitely going to order one soon. There you go. There you go. We, Me and Simone also need uh, more mother tongue. We just ran out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We we just ran out. Cool. Well, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll shoot you guys a text. I've been meaning to link up with Simone as well. There you go. We, I mean, I, I use it on everything. Literally. I mean, not not just to say that in front of you, but literally on everything. I mean, it starts in the morning on my eggs and it ends and it ends at night with, you know, chicken, rice, whatever it may be. Yeah, that makes me very happy. That's, I mean, you know, that was the idea behind it. We wanted to have spice buns that were, you know, we set a really high bar for quality, but also versatile enough to use, you know, we call them everyday cooking spices because yeah. It's a nice range of flavors. You can use it on a lot of different things. And there's a few decisions we made, whether it's like not using, not putting salt in the blends um, or kind of certain uh, choices for ingredients so that you could, they'd just be really, really easy to use and you can kind of put them on everything without yeah. worrying about it. I love it. I love it. All right. So let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's just jump in. Cool. Um, so I guess kind of tell, Tell me, tell the people, like, your guys' background and how you started Mother Tongue. For sure. Um, Sorry, I guess I grabbed this last flatbread off the thing, and then I'm, then I'm here. All good, all good. I'll, I'll start with my background. Yeah. So Liam and I both um, come from a family where food was just very important. Our mom is a trained chef, um, and she cooked, you know, incredible family meals every night. We both grew up cooking a lot, and 
just uh, in terms of our family culture, food was really, really, really uh, important. And like we used to joke that we'd be sitting at breakfast talking about what we're going to have for lunch when all the family gets together and stuff like yeah. that. So food is just a really important part of our family. And I think we both agree that our deep love for food and cooking um, and our philosophy on food with regards to sort of sourcing and ingredients and all that really comes from our mom who imparted that in us. So awesome. that's kind of the context, uh, you know, in which we grew up. And then we both kind of did our separate things. I went to college in New York City, studied economics. Um, and then after school, I moved to Mexico, where I went to cooking school for six months in Mexico City, and then uh, moved to Tulum to work at a restaurant there called Heartwood uh, for about a year and then spent some time kind of in and around Mexico, um, staging at another restaurant and then just kind of traveling Amazing. and exploring food. So that was uh, my like foray into professional cooking. And Liam can kind of tell um, what he did as well. But to bring it back around, we both kind of reached a point where we had been cooking professionally, but no longer uh, did so. And we really both became very dedicated home cooks. And there's a lot that we can discuss there with regards to why we love cooking at home so much, why we think it's so important. But we wanted to create a brand that was going to spread awareness specifically around home cooking and specifically kind of around the philosophy that we have around it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where Mother Tongue was birthed. But we can get into that after Liam tells a little bit about his background. Amazing. Love it. Yeah, so we kind of did uh, like a reverse thing as far as how we each approached uh, or the timing, at least, that we each appro uh, approached culinary school. So. I went directly after high school, actually, and I went and uh, went to culinary school in Ireland, out of all places. Wow. People wow. always ask me, like, oh, yeah, I bet you cook a mean haggis, but <laughs> maybe that's a whole other podcast. But I, the food in Ireland is actually fantastic. So the reason I chose that place, though, is it was on a farm. So it was, like, half working, half cooking, kind of. You'd wake up early, have duties on the farm, like, you know, harvesting vegetables, milking the cows, getting eggs, or, yeah. like, tending to the different pastures or whatever. Go in and cook every day. Um, so it was really this like integrated, fully immersive farm to table experience, like focusing on organic food. So that really interested me at the time. And uh, I was planning on going and studying agriculture in college. I, I've since shifted, but that was sort of the trajectory I wanted to take. So it was sort of Lovely. this first step of getting into food by getting my hands dirty and actually working um, and not committing to like a full four year Bachelor of Arts degree. Funny enough, Miles and I both have like gone to culinary school, but neither of us have done like the Bachelor of Arts culinary program. Yeah. And there's reason behind that. I think both of us just feel that these programs were really hands on. And that's not to knock or discredit any of those sort of programs, but neither of us were, um, you know, interested in fully being like career chefs. It's not like that yeah. was on either of our horizons. So we both have worked professionally, but never felt so, like we were going to like take that route. What was your, what was your guys' idea then? I mean, maybe it's different. Maybe it's the same. What was your guys' idea going into like the program? I mean, if you guys didn't want to be chefs, what was your, what were your goals or did you guys not, not totally I, I know? Or... If I were to speak for myself, it would be, um, it would just be like life skill. And I, and yeah. I think that that really ties back into mother tongue really well. And that we both find such an immense value in in the skill of cooking and you don't have to yeah. go to school to, to get there but both of us were lucky enough to have the opportunity to do so but um yeah just just as a life skill like being able to to cook for your family and and be self-sufficient and take care of yourself and make those healthier choices make those more economical choices that come with home cooking and so funny enough it's tied back into mother tongue but at the time it wasn't like oh i want to be a chef full on yeah. it was maybe in the cards but it was really not just like this life skill that not many people get and um, I wanted to also kind of honor my mom and the fact that like we got to cook homemade meals or sorry, eat homemade meals 
the entirety of our time growing up. And I was like, I want that skill so I can pass it down to my kids. I can yeah. share it with my family, share it with my friends. And that's kind of what we've both been doing since then. And I'll let Miles speak on his reasoning for going. Yeah, so for me, it was kind of interesting because I had just graduated from college. I had gotten like a degree in economics and I knew I wanted to explore my passion for cooking more because it, it just, the, the older I got, the more I realized how important that was for me. Um, but I initially went down there because it was like a cool opportunity to do cooking school, but it wasn't a commitment like going to Culinary Institute of America for four years. Yeah. It was in Mexico City. It costs a lot less. Um, but also specifically the program that I went to was a uh, six month program exploring regional Mexican cuisine. Wow. And for as long as I can remember, Mexican was my favorite cuisine. And um, when I started really getting into cooking in college, almost from like an anthropological perspective, I just found Mexican food so fascinating. Like all the ingredients that originate in Mexico, all the different regional styles of, of cooking. And um, I was like really exploring that. And I was like, man, this is, I, I think this is the, the, the world's greatest cuisine, frankly. Yeah. And I wanted to explore that more. So I did that. And initially the plan was to go to cooking school and then come back and like get a real job. But I just was having so much fun and, and, um, so interested in furthering my knowledge of food. So upon graduating from, from that program, I really was like, you know what, working at a restaurant would be the best way to like learn a ton of information in yeah. a short period of time. And, and it totally was. Um, so yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And then you, so you, when did, what month you guys started mother tongue last year, but when, when did exactly did you guys start it? The, the initial genesis of the idea I feel like it was when you came back from San Francisco. So it would have been summer of yes, 2019. September of 2019. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so it's been, it was in the works for quite a while beforehand then. Oh yeah, yeah man. Yeah, when we yeah. first started, we're like three months in, we're going to have product in people's hands. Yeah. No problem. And you know, that's the age old story of a startup, yeah. right? So we learned a lot along the way. I, I probably wouldn't have changed it. Uh, uh, especially because we just have a funny perspective on the, you know, working with co-packers and all that love, which Miles handled. But yeah, we started back then thinking that it was going to be a breeze. And then yeah. of course the pandemic hit that sort of screwed everybody up a little bit, but yeah, yeah. it was in the works for like a year, a lot of, Amazing. a lot of, uh, and both of us, it was, it's, it's been a, you know, a side hustle for both of us as we both have to, you know, make mean, uh, make ends meet by doing other things too. So, um, yeah, it took us a year and then actually launched in, uh, October. September, October. Yeah. yeah. But the, the blessing in disguise of that was that, you know, as we were getting everything set up behind the scenes to actually get the product made and all of that, which took a lot longer than we expected. Um, that whole time we were posting on social media, kind of sharing our vision for the company, sharing recipes, building up an email list. And that ended up really being a blessing in disguise because then we launched and we actually had something of a, you know, a small audience to launch to and to yeah. this day we haven't spent a dime on advertising for the product or anything wow. like that it's all been via this organic reach and i think having that time to to develop that was uh you know j just put us in a much better position to launch the product than if we had been able to get it made in two months like we originally thought 100 percent. and and i mean you got a lot of home cookers now a lot of people trying to be home cookers Totally. Yeah. Which like the timing on that was interesting. We always say like, we wish we could have launched it in like April or something just because yeah. that was, you know, the perfect timing. But uh, what, what's cool for sure in terms of just like our mission is how many people, you know, started cooking at home because that's what they had to do in yeah. 2020. And, you know, for some people, as soon as they're able to just start eating out at restaurants again, they'll go back to that fully. But there's definitely people for whom 
that kind of stuck and they discovered a love of cooking and all of the benefits of home cooking and all that. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, 100%. I love it. So how, how long did it take you guys to like actually finalize the blends themselves? Um, you know, that process came together pretty quick because it was yeah. based on a lot of stuff that we had already like made for ourselves in our kitchen. Yeah. Um, initially, when we when we first conceptualized Mother Tongue, we actually just thought of a bunch of like really cool kind of like chefy blends that we wanted yeah. to put together being like really creative. But in kind of talking and, and developing the concept, we, we ultimately refined it to be more like if we had to distill down what are the, you know, like the three blends that are going to be the most versatile, the most easy to use, et cetera. And that's how we conceptualize like the savories, the chilies and the herbs. Yeah. And I would say once we kind of had that idea in mind, creating the actual blends was a matter of just like tweaking you know, the flavors, we, we already work with all of those flavors so much. So it was like yeah. tweaking little ratios, but it didn't take actually that long. Awesome. Yeah, being Amazing. two guys who, uh, who cook so regularly at home, it was just, uh, I wish we had like photos and videos of us doing that because we just had all these bowls and mixtures <laughs> and we would just start cooking with them every day, send them off to some friends, get feedback. Yeah. Like you got to give you an example in the savories. Uh, originally we had um, uh, onion uh granules and we changed that to powder because once we sent it off or had some friends try cooking with it those were burning in the oven so yeah besides those slight variations on like the actual use of the product them coming together was uh uh well yeah like Moss, that was pretty quick because we found the categories we wanted to hit and then we just developed them and it was really fun awesome i love it what um i mean kind of a tricky question because you guys kind of i mean you guys launched during the pandemic but were there any like struggles that y'all had to kind of overcome because of COVID? I mean, did plan, I mean, maybe did plans change? Did plans shift uh, because of the pandemic and, and kind of how did you guys pivot those? Definitely. We, we definitely had some issues with the manufacturing process yeah. um, that, you know, the, I think sometimes you don't know what exactly what was caused properly by COVID, but, there were definitely delays along the way in terms of getting things made and getting things certified and all that, especially during that like March to July time period yeah. when the world was like properly shut down. Coupled with the fact that when we were getting into our co-packer schedule, we're in the scheme of things, a very, very low um, you know, priority uh, customer of theirs, one being new and two being small scale. So yeah. other people who were also getting things produced by our same co-packer, had existing distribution channels and they wanted to actually up their supply because people were cooking at home or maybe people gotcha. were shopping more if you were stocking up. So yeah. we fell to the bottom of the list and it was also hard to get us in the schedule. So that was a big thing. Um, I think also like launching a new company, launching a new brand and trying to figure out the whole marketing and advertising world with also doing it uh, in the way that everyone was having to reinvent themselves during the pandemic. So it was sort of twofold in that not only learning the new side of marketing and branding, but having to also learn uh, marketing and branding during a pandemic, which was a whole new facet yeah. of, of that department. You know, you saw brands who were already established doing that. So I think that was like a, an interesting learning experience to, to have those two like come together at the same yeah, time. Yeah, very, very. Um, and I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I love asking, you know, these next two questions, but um, first off, any advice for entrepreneurs trying to start a side hustle, a business? Um, I guess any any words of wisdom that y'all that y'all have? 
Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm totally kidding. Absolutely do it. Oh, and that, that is a great question. I'm sure probably the most fun one to ask. Uh, the, the, yeah, I mean, there, there's a bunch of things I would say. Um, I think that it requires a, like, borderline, almost, like, delusional sense of confidence that you will be able to figure it out um, because a lot of it is just, you know, getting told no or getting told that something is impossible and just saying like, no, I'm going to continue on this path and I absolutely will figure out a way to do it. Um, yeah. I think when you're trying to create a product from scratch, you know, in, in certain types of product, maybe there's a, a very like formulaic way of doing it, but for other types of products, it's less so. And you really have to just commit to figuring out a way to make it happen. Um, one thing I was always reminding myself is like people have, done things a lot harder than like create a new or you know organic spice blend from scratch yeah. so if they can do those things surely we can do this yeah. um and like you know we were creating a spice blend this has been done before but we ran into issues around co-packers that didn't want to work with organic product co-packers that didn't want to gotcha. work with the type of jars that we wanted to work uh with co-packers that um you know didn't want to do the type of labels we wanted to do and so it was just a matter of like figuring all of that out um and then i think the other thing is you know, it, it's really helpful. We're somewhat unique in that we're completely bootstrapped. We funded this business ourselves. We haven't, you know, paid ourselves a dime since we started. Um, yeah. We've poured a lot of our own money into it. And I don't think either of us would have it any other way because we retain full control over something. Yeah. We, we really um, care deeply about the vision that we have for it. But if you are going to go that route, I think, I think it, it can be very rewarding, but also, um, you know, it's like, don't quit your day job too soon until <laughs> things are like really going well, because it can, you know, it, it can be a while before you're able to, you know, pull money out and pay yourself and, and all of that. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I guess the other thing I wanted to add to it was that, um, you know, I think that for, for lack of a better way to put it, is to have as much confidence in yourself as possible. I think uh, I say this through our own mistakes that we've made, and Miles and I can both speak to this because we've sort of joked about it a number of times, is that um, we, we sort of got caught up at, at certain, in certain areas in uh, you know, expecting that we have to fall into the sort of, like Miles mentioned, like formulaic way of starting up a business. There are so many things that you can do yourself that people outsource and pay for and if money is a concern, which you are, if you are likely trying to make a business out of a side hustle, it probably is if you're tight on budget like we were. There's so, so many things you can do yourself that are still going to help you grow or still going to help you, you know, gain attention or still going to help you get new followers and gain new customers. So try and do that for as long as possible and try new things too. Like Miles and I both learned a number of things along the way. Like Miles is a absolute rising TikTok star right now i've seen it he had, i've you seen see it. it you see it and he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't pick up a goddamn tiktok for you know until a month ago so uh and that's just one silly example but you know marketing and branding stuff outsourcing uh like you know whatever it might be um there, there's a lot of stuff you can just do yourself and i think that that's helped us be able to get as far as we have without spending um you know money that's gotten ourselves in, in a hole would you would you agree with that miles for sure and like you know another thing is like liam like all our all of our photography liam does he Amazing. designed the labels and every one of our graphics wow. so like all of that we do in house which is something that a lot of companies have to outsource we create all yeah. of our own content in house we created you know the blends uh we created the recipes like we are 
pretty like maniacal about doing everything that we can ourselves. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was just influenced by the fact that we didn't have a budget to outsource <laughs> it. And so yeah. that required us just learning certain things. I love um, it. And I think now we're getting to a point where we're, where we're realizing that like certain things do have to be delegated. But again, mm -hmm. there's like, there's cheaper options than a lot of people realize like Upwork and Fiverr are incredible resources to, you know, find people who can help you in the areas where you're weak. Cause everyone, even a, a team of two or three is going to have areas where they're not um, super strong. So that all has been a learning experience, but I definitely agree with Liam that doing things yourself is mission critical for a bootstrap business like ours. And, and one last idea too would be to, um, have a business model, uh, take your great idea and figure out the foundation that you're building that upon. Um, you know, Miles and I had a really great idea for a product. And one thing that maybe uh, we would have done differently is, uh, you know, build an exact business model. I think we're, we're getting there and have gotten that, but um, take that really good idea and then find something that's going to support it. That can give yourself metrics to reflect and look back on and understand your growth and set goals. Um, that I think is, is really, really important to being strong from the get go. I think people can get excited about the idea and they just go out and do it. And that'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll have a lot of steam at first and then you don't have something to fall back on that really is uh, going to prove the test of time. So figure yeah. out a business plan. It doesn't have to be uh, a super, um, you know, intricate or advanced or, or nuanced in any way. It just have something that you can fall 100%. back on and understand that this is what we are. Hundred uh, percent. That, that's a piece of advice. Yeah, I, w I was talking to someone a couple of episodes ago on on Nico's notebook, and he pretty much said the same thing. It was like all these people have these ideas, and they hit you know full steam ahead. They're excited. They get a new place. They get a new idea, but then it kind of starts fizzling out. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of the business starts fizzling out, or or whatever it may be. So yeah, I, yeah, and you just still down. Then you got to be able to ask yourself like, what is mother tongue? What is uh, you know Nico's notebook? What what is yeah. that? you know and then you yeah. to have something that actually explains itself that's more um infrastructural for lack mm -hmm. of a better term yeah 100% well i guess last last thing i guess i got two two more little things i guess second to last would be and it is is a tough question but again why i love it what what is y'all's favorite failure from mother tongue <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome um I'm trying to think if we have one together that we could say, or if we would each have one individually. What's What's the other question? Just so I can think about that as well. The other one's a lot more simpler. What What can What can we all look forward to from Mother Tongue? Okay, we'll this answer year's. that. We'll answer that in a second. We'll answer oh, the man. next. Fam Biggest failures. Failure. <laughs> I mean, I think it would have to be the the getting the wrong labels, right? Oh yes, a hundred percent. At least for both of us. Yeah, share yeah. that one. So we. Uh, we made the decision to use a, a co-packer, a co-manufacturer, which for a lot of CPG businesses, um, that's like a big decision. It's like, do you want to, you know, rent space in a commercial kitchen and, and make the product yourself or do you want to outsource it? And we're actually, for the stuff we're doing moving forward, we are going to do it ourselves because it's a little bit different. But the reason we decided that was because, you know, when you're mixing large amounts of spice blends and then, you know, putting those into jars, um, after, at, a, at a certain scale, it really helps to have specialty equipment, yeah. um, you know, and, and we don't, we didn't have that. So we ultimately made the decision to, to go with a co-packer. Um, and that in a lot of ways was, was kind of a nightmare for like a bunch of reasons, but the specific one we can think of is that, you know, we had placed an order with this co-packer, as Liam mentioned, you know, we're not super high priority for them. We, uh, you know, 
there were you know other companies that they were um, servicing. So we had placed this order and it wasn't getting filled. And they they had started sending us just small amounts of yeah. some of the blends because we were like, hey, we need we're like we're selling product online. We need we need this. Um, yeah. We had opened up orders, mind you. So yeah. we were, we were yeah. taking people's money. So now we yeah. felt like highway robbers. You know, we're like, yeah. hey, we got to you know, get, get the box. So so for a while they were sending us like just a few at a time, just enough to like keep us in stock. And then finally we like, like coordinated with them and it's like, all right, the, the, you know, the big order that you placed is, is finally going to arrive. And to give content, we cannot emphasize enough the, the checks and balances we put in place with, you know, CMYK colors and exactly what tones we needed and font usage and copy yeah. that's supposed to be on the labels and checking to make sure that's the right ones. Meanwhile, after months of iteration of sending back and forth material choices, I mean, we had it down and reminded him exactly, this is what it's supposed to be. This is yeah. what the colors are going to be. This is what it looks like. So I can't emphasize enough how many conversations we had about that. We were very, very on it. So yeah. And, and we had had a number of things that had gone wrong in previous shipments. So we were a little bit wary. So the uh, this big order shows up. And the first thing I do, well, first of all, it went to our old address that we had already <laughs> like clarified. They're like, hey, we got a new address. So I go and pick it up from the people there who were very nice about it. Immediately get in my car, immediately cut open the box. And I just had this feeling. I was like, something, <laughs> something's going to go wrong. And I open it up and the, the label material was the wrong type for all of these initial. And, and, how, might not and, sound like that big and how, how many were there? Uh, a thousand. A thousand. Yeah. yeah. A, th a thousand sets. So, yeah. so uh, the, um, that might not sound like that big of a deal with the material, but the thing is different materials that you print on have dramatically different color changes. So yeah. if it was a matte being printed with the same colors as a glossy, they're going to look completely different. Just yeah. Out of the 100%. So not only that, but also like the material, we chose certain materials because like these are meant to sit on your counter in your kitchen and like you might have oily hands and touch them and certain types yeah. of materials are going to like smudge, not smudge, but they'll keep an oil stain, whereas like a glossy will, will stay cleaner and look nicer yeah. and all that. So we had a lot of reasoning that went into it. And but he, he sent us the, the, the mat instead of a glossy, but yeah. we, we then made the decision because uh, we had already taken Peel's money. We go back to him. We're like, look, this is... Hey, hey, hey. We're like these are these are wrong you know and um he ends up telling us what it's gonna take a month to get new ones we're already way behind on sending out so we end up having to make the decision all right we have to send these to people um it was a really tough decision to make because we felt yeah. like we were doing wrong in a way but looking back it was 100 percent the right decision to make but yeah. uh what was also funny is that like when we when it first happened liam and i looked at each other and we're like there's we, we can't send these out there's no way this isn't the material we wanted yeah and it felt hugely consequential to us then we asked a bunch of family and friends to look at the materials and everyone was like no these like these still look great like you should you should send them out yeah and so we ended up doing that but um but at the time it was like a, we, we were uh, we were <laughs> bummed about it yeah it, it was a big deal at the time. yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Back, we're like, <laughs> you know whatever but at the time we were both like you know punching walls and yeah you guys got it delivered and I guess last thing, what what can everybody look forward to from you guys in this year? You guys are working on uh, Mother Tongue Social, correct? Yep. Yep. So that was really born out of a desire to just do stuff more in our like local community. You know, neither of us cook professionally anymore, but we love feeding people and we love um, putting together creative menus and you know bringing bringing people together around food is a huge part of our mission and you yeah. know. And bringing people together around. outdoors with food and music and all that to us that's like peak living so we yeah. wanted to uh create an outlet to, to really focus on that in the austin community yeah and that's that's less of a business more so something that we do for fun it's not really a money maker for us we yeah. just love putting together for our for our friends and and 
and your loved ones in Austin. So for anybody who's yeah. in Austin, like it, it's it's open doors. So uh, anyone should definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, I love it. For Mother Tongue on the on the you know product and development end, we've we've got something in the pipeline. Uh, yeah, we're 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 really excited about what we're offering next because it's going to be a a new product that's it, it's quite a bit different from what we've currently got on offer, but um, and we don't want to say anything. Is it, 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 is, is it a blend though it's another blend it is, yes but yes. but it's it's more than that it's really going to be a product okay. that we think is gonna um kind of further our mission more than the current product is which is that we it's going to really help people to learn more about cooking and learn about different techniques and recipes um and things like that and it's going to be it's going to be really fun and it's kind of in the early stages right now. We're going to spend the next month or so building it and then we'll be, we'll be talking about it a lot. But if you, you know, if you are a fan of, of what we're doing right now, I think that this will be even more exciting for, for most people. Lovely. Lovely. You guys got me excited. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys jumping on with me. Uh, Thanks for having episode us. Six. It was, it was great to talk to you. Great to hear you guys' story. And uh, yeah. To, to you know to a killer 2020 2021 to a better to a better year a stronger year absolutely yeah, yeah thanks Nico. I, I really appreciate it and um i'm excited to see what what you're doing over at zeds as well and uh, there we go we'll have to maybe have you on a live and we'll we'll do some crazy collaboration there, or something. there you go hey, awesome, man. The, the, the the questions are great the stuff you're doing is awesome so we feel lucky to be one of your uh you know first five or ten people so thanks for having hey, us. I, I, I appreciate it you guys have a good rest of your monday thanks you too, man. You too. bye all right see ya